Family and holidays. What if your family was larger than you thought? A family of people seeking connection, love, and acceptance that can give you the missing opportunities to your personal process of being at peace. Welcome to Higher Purpose Healing, your total health podcast. Today we discuss the intense topic of family and holidays. We are casting here in New Orleans with myself, Matthew, Dr. Lisa, and a group of meditators seeking higher purpose and enjoying connection. Disclaimer, nothing in this podcast is medical advice or indicates a doctor-patient or therapist-client relationship. All information shared is personal and we offer our stories of vulnerability. Perhaps you will relate. Disclaimer, people are sharing their real experiences in this podcast, which can include adult language and graphic material at times. All the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not establish a doctor-patient or therapist-client relationship, which is only formed when you sign an agreement in person. For any medical questions, consult your primary care physician. Please enjoy. So welcome, everybody. Today's topic has to be one of the most powerful and important topics on the planet, bar none. And it is about family. Because without family of some kind, we're lost. And we all are born into some form of family. Now, there's two men that were going to be here today, and they chose not to be. One man, because it was too intense the previous podcast, for it wasn't all positive. And of course, life can't be all positive. And the depth at which we know trials and tribulations, we can know the events of vibration and energy and positivity and joy. So they go together. And then the other male has issues with his family that just passed and didn't want to drum up any drama and trauma. And in reality, this podcast is specifically going to help all of us have a good perspective and get tools, not only to find peace with our family, no matter what the scenario, to understand a broader definition of family, and then more to it, understand how you have to become the mother and father internally to your self-centering peace in order to generate that peace for the family that you choose to be around. So, as we always do and begin, let's go around. And not only do I want you to introduce yourself, just share if your family is still together, if you're a blended family, if it's a divorced family, just to kind of get some context because there's a lot out there today. And um, I'll start uh, by saying I'm Matthew and I am from a divorced family that has now entered a divorced family and is a blended family. So I think I've covered most of the the basis there. And of course, until I was 20, we had uh, our family together. And so I got that experience as well. I'm Marsha and I'm from a, um, an intact family. Um, but I'm in, uh, a blended family. Uh, I'm Jess. My family's been separated since the day I can remember. But uh, luckily, I can say I'm thankful to have a fiancé with an amazing family that also takes me as their own. My, <clears throat> I'm married, and I've been married 
for 20 years, and so we're intact, and my parents are still married. So. Okay. And your name is Jen. Oh, yes, <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> Jen. <laughs> I'm Poe, and my family's intact, my hu husband's family intact, and we're intact. He's not here. He's the scared one. And, um, <laughs> traumatized. And we're very intact. Let's put it that way. I'm Molly. Um, my husband and I are not separated. We're not divorced. We're not legally anything but still married. Um, my, my parents were married until my father passed away and ditto for my husband's family. I'm Kasha. Um, my mom and stepdad have been together since I was three, and they just celebrated their 40-something anniversary. I never did meet my biological father in Poland, and he passed away a few years ago. Um, so my parents are still together, very much in love. Do it. <laughs> I'm single by myself and I have two kids and these holidays are stirring up emotions because they don't really talk to me. My daughter's 26 and my son's gonna be 23 in a couple of weeks so I'm gonna try and reach out for Christmas. I'm Lisa. My parents have been married for almost 50 years. And I am divorced, and now with the man of my dreams. <laughs> That'd be me. Okay. Well, cool. So there's there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, a lot of the stories about our grandparents and great-grandparents being together for 50, 60, 70 years and this sort of thing are pretty amazing. And now there's just so much divorce in the world, and there's a breakdown of the family unit, I think, in a big way that it's sad because as the family unit breaks down, the desensitization of the entire group just gets amplified with all the excess desensitization through the entertainment industry and technology and so forth and so on. So we sort of accept more than we would in the past. And a lot of those old traditions, some need to stay forever and some actually need to have a little bit of adjustment. Um, but let's talk about the nuclear family, the family you were born in. That family has a collective energy. And everyone in that family shares that energy. So what that means is, is that sometimes some members are going to need more energy than others. So as it gets allocated to one or two people, it takes away from the others. Now there's a, another intricacy here that the individual's responsibility to maintain the energy that they have and or preferably build it is a part of that too. Because maybe there's a person that is just leaking energy constantly and perhaps it's their own and perhaps it's part of the group energy as well. All of which can be regained. <clears throat> so this is something to think about when we have a difference of opinion or if there's one parent or child who's having more difficult time we have to look at ourselves in that process, right? So we have a two-year-old, and the beauty of this is I call him Sifu often, which is Chinese for teacher. As a reminder to me that he's there 
to teach me. So I'm working on somebody on the table. He's in here. He goes and gets the uh, acupuncture doll and he goes, daddy. And he hits the top of the head, you know, for the crown energy. And when I'm working on that person, that's what I needed to do. So I said, thank you. And then I did it. And then it opened, you know? So it's like these subtleties are happening constantly. It's just whether or not as a parent, you're aware of it and you can read it. So the aggravation that the child might present in the moment is really a communication. And so the children are the teachers, right? And if the energy from the top down is erratic or is challenged, naturally water flows down and so will it to the children. And so you can surmise that the terrible twos don't necessarily have to be terrible. They could be terrific. But we're all humans, so there's going to be interspersed with little things that he or she may do. It just doesn't have to be horrific. And so that's what we're experiencing, which is really kind of cool. I said to Lisa, I was like, I'd really like to redefine terrible twos by making parents more aware so that the child can help them grow. Which is why you have a kid, hopefully. And a lot of times I think we have a kid to distract. And then there's this burial ground of layers of things that just get ignored after that because you've got new responsibilities. It's like a pain in the body. The first time you have a pain in the body, it's often overlooked or goes away after a week. And so then the next thing you know, it's no longer a concern and then a new pain arrives. And this persists until you've got such buildup that you're really kind of far gone and need to work your way back to the original issue. And so it's the same thing with our families when we're building up our personal issues. So we get our issues from our nuclear family, mostly. Could be from a neighbor, could be from a school, could be from a church, could be from a stranger, could be from anywhere. It doesn't have to be from the family. So, but the parent's job, and ultimately our job to become our own parents, is really what's going to help heal everything. So along the lines with Matthew, and not everybody in here may have children, I'm not sure, but our children are really our spiritual teachers. And so in that respect, as we look at what they are bringing to us, it's what we need to work on to grow and become a better person. It allows us the opportunity to become who we really are. So on the reverse side of that, a lot of us have, it brings out like, oh, what our parents didn't do oh, my mom didn't do this, or my dad didn't do this, or they didn't. And so it's also in forgiving and having forgiveness for our family. And they didn't know better. They knew what they knew. And being able to to sit with that and do something different. And so we come from an old parenting model in in this um, country and every, really, any society. And it's a hierarchical parenting. So... I'm better than you, um, you know, these are my rules, this is, and that's just sort of the way our society um, works. And I would challenge everybody as we enter the holidays, not just with your own kids, but with your parents, come from a place of everybody's your teacher. And they're here to present and to show you what you can do to yourself to be a better person. That's it. Holidays are a trigger for whatever is not okay. Now, holidays can be absolutely fantastic when your family's intact and you're happy and things are going good, right? When you're in a divorced family or a blended family and once that dream, I guess we could call it, breaks, you gotta make a new dream. Because as long as the old dream is held on to, 
you're going to forever have this longing. And the longing is going to keep you a long distance away from the reality of the present. And the present, no pun intended with holidays, is just that, which is to be with the people you love. And even when you're angry and frustrated, there's still something there to be had. So we got to figure out if, by a show of hands, how many people here during the holidays have a hard time with at least one or more family members? So the majority. Let's all close our eyes and we're going to go into a little meditation that's going to allow us to feel into our family. So the first thing I like you to do is uncross your legs if they're crossed and put your feet flat and just have your hands in an open position, whatever's comfortable. So let's take a deep breath. I want you in your mind to ask the question, what does family mean to me? And we're just going to ruminate on that for a minute or so. And then I'd like to ask you to define what family can mean, meaning we're all born into a family, some of which we are very grateful and some of which we wish we hadn't. Either way, they're still our family and they're there for many reasons also of our spiritual growth. However, we meet people in life that are also considered family. And so I'd like you to think about how do you define family?
And then I'd like to ask you, in your own imagination, and based on your own experiences of what has happened and what you wish would have happened or could happen, to create and see the family that you decide and how they would interact. I would like to ask you now to go into your own heart and find not the father <coughs> that helped bring you into this world, however, to find the father inside of yourself, regardless of your sex, and see who that is. And then notice, once you've determined that, if it's the same, similar, or the complete opposite of the Father that brought you into this world. Now do the same with your mother, the mother inside of you.
And then just to take an account of your mother that brought you in this world and the way she is with respect to the mother that's inside of you, if it's similar, the same, or the opposite. Now consider the mother and father inside of you in their hardness or softness, in their open heart or closed heart, in all of their attributes. Which ones, if not both, could stand to be improved or to open more, to become more loving, to be more patient? You see, the child inside of us, the same child that we once were and still are today, has on it some form of cobwebs that only the internal mother or father can remove. And so where we're hard in life, we are also hard internally to ourselves. And equally, as we are soft and loving in life and where we are, we are also internally to ourselves. We did not ask for many of the things we were given as children, both the good and the bad, but they were given nonetheless. Those things we didn't want are rocks in a bag we carry around. Particularly if we're blaming another person for having given them to us to begin with. Feel that weight. Feel which side of your body it's on. There's only one ruler in this lifetime. And that's the love that you can find inside of yourself. The 
quality and quantity of love that you are able to express to other people is in direct proportion to what you've generated inside yourself. Do not confuse standing up for what is right with being outright ugly. And oftentimes not even knowing why you're doing it. So let's take a deep breath. Exhale. And then let's open our eyes when you're ready. So, I think it's important for us all to talk and share what our experiences are and possibly what family is to you, how you're defining it, how you'd like it to be because there's so many versions out there in the world. And we're just like a very small sample of the reality of what is out there. Um, Start with you, Lisa. Um, How do you, how do you define family? It's sort of changed from when I was little to now, so Family to me is um, people that support me um, no matter what, and I guess love me unconditionally. Um, They're sort of a safe place. Family for me is pretty much the same as what Lisa said. Encouragement, constructive criticism, unconditional love, being there to support you and just have somebody to turn to and knowing that no matter what you're going through in life, somebody's got your back, no matter what. Now, um, I was born in Poland And in Poland, families are really, really tight. And I have a huge family over there and everybody's always together. They make a point to have weekly meals together. I mean, all the aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa, everybody, grandkids at the house every Sunday. And then I came to the United States and people really don't do that. And I noticed My family, I mean, I came here with my mom, my stepdad, and my little brother. And they're in Pennsylvania, and I'm here by myself. But we're not close. And I I talk to my brother on a regular basis, and I see other siblings, they're best friends, but my brother doesn't want that. And it's just, it's frustrating because I really, I have nobody here at all so the holidays are pretty difficult but I do have a friend an elderly couple in um, Pearl River and I keep telling her she's like the mom I've never had 
because they treat me like they would a daughter and they don't they don't have any kids so you know it's um it's just who's there for you who's there to support you who's there when you're crying and your whole world is falling apart that's what family means to me it's beautiful um <clears throat> I'm going to swing the pendulum the other way. Um, I mean, if you look under the dictionary for dysfunction, I think you'll find most of my family's faces. Um, and you can take that lightly or not so, but um, my mother is the matriarch and still is and uh, looks that kill and... Um, and if you're not doing it the way she wants to do it, she will march into your your space and change it and change it back to the way she thought she it should have been done in the first place. But I mean, we all come from an animal kingdom, and sometimes we we forget that. And I know we're not running and jumping and swinging from trees, but at the same time, we're um, we do gravitate towards. Um, like you marry your mother or you date people that are like your father, life of the party sort of thing. Um, sorry, I don't know where, exactly where I'm going. With Just this, you're but, doing beautiful. Um, <laughs> but um, as, you, as you get older, you just start putting all these puzzles together that a family, mm, and my sister died when... 30 years ago and she left behind a son who is just everyone's favorite of course um and he's just a wonderful wonderful person but there again his father left him after katrina and so he basically brought himself up himself and he's in several bands you can hear him right down the street in the in the basement down there but anyway um have you heard him? I haven't yet. Yeah, uh -huh. it, it, you can hear it all over the neighborhood, but in any event, <clears throat> he's following a passion, which I don't think, I don't think most um, children <clears throat> from that think that they have the luxury of two parents being wonderfully, um, especially in the southern area of the country where everybody sort of just is on the surface and but he got to raise himself without parents. They both abandoned him, not one by choice, one not by choice, but anyway, um, so family to me is him. I don't have to put up with any flack from him. He's, what you see is what you got, and um, there's none of this uh, da looking daggers if she didn't like it, or my sister who's opinionated to beat the band but in any event um yeah a 30 year old boy is family to me thank you <laughs> well i wore my dad's shirt because i knew this was about family and i always feel him when i'm here which is weird but um i was raised i've great parents not great siblings i was the only natural born child of four so they all had adoptive issues that didn't concern me. But 
So they never felt like family to me. There was no blood relation, and I, I never felt connected to my sisters. Now, my husband's family, he's one of six, and they have no connection either for other reasons. So I had to create my own family because I never felt anything except for my parents, who were wonderful. And I did a really good job of my family. My siblings all love and respect and have so much loyalty for each other. And it was a work in, I mean, I made sure they weren't going to hate each other and fight because my sisters were awful. So I created a family with friends besides my nuclear little family. And to me, my kind of saying is I'd rather no family than bad family. Because bad family hurts you within and does so much damage. So my husband and I, we've really pushed a lot of people out of our lives. And so I've created a new family with friends. And a chosen family to me is stronger than a, a given family. And I have a great chosen family. And that to me is what family is. Gosh, this is a lot to unpack. I don't know if I can do it. But, um. Yes. This is probably why I didn't come today. Okay, so honestly, I do a lot of self-work and reflection, and I've been working on myself a lot for the past 10 years. So I really, I have three kids, 16, 14, and, and 12. I really, tr- it's been a journey. But I really try not to dwell on, as a 47-year-old woman, what my parents did wrong or what they could have done better. They have their own issues, and they never worked on, did self-work. And I can't blame them as a 47-year-old. My goal is to just be the best version of me and to help my kids to be the best version of themselves. And part of that is just acknowledging that I'm not perfect. Every day I work on myself, and I... I fail a lot, often, and for me, it's just so important to be, uh, I'm sorry, it's okay, that's why there's tissue. Just to be real with my kids, Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect, and I want them to be the best that they can be, and Really, as a mother, it's just, uh, I think, just supporting them and looking at them and saying, this brings you joy. This, uh, every time you do X, Y, and Z, it makes you happy. So do that. Like, so I guess I'm not really saying much. I'm just saying it's just a matter of supporting and acknowledging we're all flawed. We're all not perfect. And not to take, a, you know, I'm an adult. I can't, I can't allow that to to just rule me. I have to um, just work on myself to, to be positive and then help others, my family. Uh, my, my kids are amazing. And I worry about them a lot because they're, you know, I, I brought my son Jack here yesterday and um, just because he's, he, he is an emotional being and um, he feels everybody's energy and sometimes he gets confused with his own. And, and so trying to help him um, cope with 
those emotions, it's hard as a mother. It's like, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not guiding him right. I, I screw up all the time. And it's just, you said it in the beginning, your children are your teachers. And it's so true because in trying to kind of navigate him, um, I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, Jen, like, mm-hmm. stop, you know, mm-hmm. this, is, this isn't working. And how we came to Matthew was, you know, I realized, I'm like, my God, this kid is just under stress. And that that's how he's manifesting his stress by being, you know, this, this is him. And it's not me. I don't, I don't um, deal with stress that way. And I just kind of like been trying to figure him out and do this, you know, do this, do that. And I'm like, none of this is working. But guess what? It's because that's how he, he deals with life. And, how old is he? Sorry. Um, he's 14. Mm-hmm. He's an adolescent. I know. I know. No, no, you and I have to talk. You, <laughs> you are so lucky you came here. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it just, it just, honestly, I kind of digress, but it's just a matter of realizing you're not perfect and everyone you're around is not perfect. And we're, and honestly, I, my, I'm very honest with people, but my goal in life is for, for my kids, everyone I'm around, just to be the best version of themselves mm-hmm. and deal with the negative self-talk and deal with all the, mm-hmm. anyway. Family is just, you know, loving, supporting each other unconditionally. That was a lot of, like, nothing about family, I feel like. Yeah, it was a lot. This is a very heavy topic. (laughs) It is. To unpack in, like, two minutes. I don't even know where to start. Um, I mean, I'd have to agree family is someone that will love you unconditionally, but I've, I've also had lots of battles with the word unconditional. Um, I'd like to think that I could forgive people and not really care about loving them. Um, It's something that I've really struggled with. I've been on my own since I was 15. And um, my parents divorced when I was 10. I come from a Cajun background. um, So we've all been pretty close, quote unquote. Um, But As the years passed, I realized that my family were close because they all judged each other and they got really comfortable with judging each other and they just kind of fed off of that sort of anger. Um, So I'm 31 now, um, so 15 years of really just trying to carry my rocks around and and leave them along the way of wherever direction I'm walking in has become very difficult. Um, But in my later years, it's become a lot easier I'd like to think that once I had turned 27, I, I started to really understand what the word unconditional really means for me and really means for me towards my family. Um, and really and truly, it's I'd rather pick my family any day, um, <laughs> meaning that I can't pick my actual bloodline, but I can choose the people that I trust and that who respects me. Um, so I think family is just... Anyone that you can be your truest self with, um, anyone that will allow themselves to be open to you, and um, and through that you find unconditional love. Well, you know, years ago I defined family as blood relatives, but over the years I've learned that's not the case, and um, I've expanded that to include, like y'all have said, pick the folks that you get unconditional love from and that you're comfortable with and that you, you know, who accepts you as you. 
And, um, you know, I've seen, I've been working on myself since I met Lisa and Matthew in 2015. I've been trying to, I had worked on myself before that, but I have a spiritual component now and I'm, um, it's really helped me a whole lot and I've, I'm being real introspective and understanding the patterns that I've gotten from my parents and working on those issues. And so a couple of years ago, I have, a, I have one son, he's 34. And he told me a couple of years ago, he goes, and we were talking about relationships. He goes, oh, he says, I think, oh, the parents' job is to screw up the kids and the kids' job is to just get over it, you know? <laughs> and I'm going, whoa, you know, and I'm going, okay, Will. So I've been sharing with him what I go through, what I'm going through in my journey of my mind, body, spirit, you know? and working through those issues. And so, you know, we've had some good conversations. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I think that's the key, communication. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that was a big issue in my biological family. You yeah, kids didn't, were meant to be seen and not heard. And so uh, that's what I'm doing right now is, you know, finding my voice and speaking. And that's important. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna read a quote on the topic of family. The ties of family and of country were never intended to circumscribe the soul. If allowed to become exclusive, engrossing, clannish, so as to shut out the general claims of the human race. The highest end of providence is frustrated. And home, instead of being the nursery, becomes the grave of the heart. That's from Channing. So, we all know that there's a higher power than us, whatever you believe in. Even an atheist has to understand that there's something more than he or she even if it's undefined, right? Family, I think Hafiz writes a lot to, has to do with that connection. Because it's a connection to whether you want to say the earth, Father Sky, that other entity, God, or otherwise. Religious or not, so we stay in a, uh, a realm of both all-inclusive, right? All family members, whether you're in a frustrated situation or not, or a very loving, at the deepest level want the same thing. They just don't know how to get there. And so deep-seated anger is something that some people come into this life with that perhaps wasn't even something you got from any incident in life. Or perhaps it was passed down from an unresolved issue within your line for a past lifetime. So the variables are many, but the punchline is the same. And that is that regardless of how or why these things exist, it is still our individual responsibility to find and uncover the peace in the process of releasing it. Because like the rocks, whatever we hold on to is our burden alone. And the challenge with 
not being able to communicate with somebody else is that oftentimes you want to take your rocks out and throw them. And that scene is anger and judgment and rage and other things of the sort. And so it's our job to put the rocks back where they belong. And that's not giving them away. I like to use this image of this beautiful green field, pasture, lush, butterflies, flowers, trees, whatever it is for you in that scene. And it's pure, it's all nature. There's no commercialization or city stuff, no technology or cell towers. It's quiet. That is your true nature. That is the nature of your connection with whatever to you is more than you and you at the same time. Life and family with their goings on, when they don't know how to reach you, they judge you. And so the version of judgment is bringing this old tire they've been dragging around and putting it on your field and leaving. And you can label that tire guilt, which has no purpose in life whatsoever. You can name that tire devaluing of yourself. There's a long list of definitions of words that that could represent to you that is not you. And so fundamentally, finding that space internal to you to operate from is vital. So Lisa and I were joking the other day because we have a course we're going to come out with in March, and it's to help walk people through all of these steps, no matter where you're coming from, to become more whole and to give you tools that you can use for everything. And so we joke about how meditation is the answer. However, what did we say? It's not easy. It's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. It takes like years. (laughs) truly I mean I say but it really does to and it takes not just your so what I've learned and this is recently and I've been meditating for a long time is that and Matthew has always told me this it's the meditation in every moment right so it's not my daily practice of me sitting for my 20 minutes it's the when I'm with my kids it's the biggest time where I have I can practice that and sitting when they're in pain and crying and just listening and not fixing it or not trying to make it better, so that's a meditation. And so when you start, and I'm not perfect either. I mean, I can't do it all the time. But when you start to arrive at that, you realize that it isn't a quick fix. We want the quick pill, the quick everything. You know, I'm a doctor, I know that. Like everybody wants you know, something to make them better. But it's the persistence and the consistency and just doing it eventually. All of a sudden you reach a space in your heart and then your mind starts to melt away and you're like there. And I really think that's meditation is what has let me, led me to the path. There may be other things. I know that works. Oh, can I say something? Yeah. Um, yeah, like, uh, like my husband's been through a whole lot in his life. You know, uh, as a lot of people have, and and I think it's important sometimes, like when people ventil start ventilating, I've, I've asked him, you know, like, do you do you want me to make a suggestion, or you just want me to listen? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, and so you know that, yeah, yeah, and I've learned, I've learned that, and, and that mm-hmm. helps me, yeah, how to handle, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's big with kids too. 
It's so big. To say, you want me to say something or just listen to you? Because a lot of times, yeah, I mean, they don't hear. Yeah, I'll be all And as a human thing, oh. that is probably one of the best tools to use, period, because oftentimes we just want to be heard and most people want to fix. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the problem with the fixing is, is that it foregoes the person's process. And then the individual who really needs the healing not only doesn't get the healing, but they just fortify their ability to get there again for that vulnerability to actually let go. When the other party doesn't identify what really is required and tries to make it about them or tries to fix it or any variety of other ways to handle it. And the biggest gift one human can give to another is that, is that processing. And the best part about that processing is, is that you become the student and you get to observe and really hear and understand what's going on with this other human being. And then understand what changes inside of you by not having an answer or thinking of one, but really feeling what's going on with that person. And then seeing them unfold. And then you can feel the palpable energy in the room or car or wherever you are shift. And then they're free from that aspect, from that string, from that particular incidence that was a gestalt from all the things that have happened from the root that keeps triggering it and triggering it and triggering it to make them react the same, the same, the same, the same. And they're basically chained and they're trying to unlatch it. And they just need you to not put the goddamn key in the latch because they want to do it. And their version of doing it is, listen to me, allow me, please give me permission, support me, open your heart so I can feel it and let that go. So repeat how you handle your husband and what you ask yourself or you ask him. I just say, do you want me to just listen or do you want me to make a suggestion, advice? So I did a men's leadership workshop a long time ago that it was determined when a male becomes vulnerable and cries, for the woman, the best thing to do is just hold him. And don't try to ask them what's going on or try to dig into that or whatever, because they don't like doing that. And y'all don't like seeing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that process is really just about them healing. And that's the same version of that. Just like when a woman is talking nine times out of 10, she just wants to be acknowledged. She doesn't want the man to solve the problem or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And then this, this goes between men and men, women and women and men and women. It's all the same stuff. Right. And this is the human condition that we're all trying to arrive at so that we can find some peace in the process of being human, which is not an easy feat. You know? Anger. I want to talk just briefly about the physiology of our vessels. A lot of times when we want to be something and our system is out of whack internally, it prohibits you from doing that. So this is a, a two-way street, meaning that the mind that wants to throw rocks or pick up rocks is burdening the body. So I used this analogy the other day about wood. 
you know, with your family or with your partner, you want to create a fire. And so we all got to pick up wood, you know, we all got to start, the fire's likely started if you're in the relationship. So you've got to go and you've got to collect wood and you've got to bring it so that it continually be uh, available so that the fire can continue. Yes? Well, the other version of doing that is, is that instead of your partner putting the wood by the fire where you both know collectively to go get it, they put it in front of you so you trip. Or they hit you with it. Right? And these are other, it's another analogy for versions of the same thing when we're trying to communicate and function in a relationship. So just think for a second, when's the last time when you were bringing the wood back to y'all's camp, theoretically, you put the wood in front of your partner so they're going to trip or you hit them with it? I mean, right? Think about it like that. Because what would it do in your state of aggravation if you just still chose to put the wood by the fire and see the face of Jesus or the face of Mother Mary or the face of Buddha or the face of Allah or the face of whoever it is that you believe in in place of that person you're frustrated with? Would you hit them with the wood? Not likely. Hopefully. So why would you do it to your family or friends? And that's that self-responsibility and self-discipline and reframing how you engage with the people around you as you're processing your anger. Because the reason you're putting it there or the reason you're hitting them is you're angry. Mm -hmm. Right? And whether you're angry at them legitimately or whether they're triggering the anger that has long been deep-seated in you, is irrelevant to the fact that that's not the answer. Because you can hit them a thousand times and the anger will not go away. And so we have to find the reasons why family doesn't work. And since there's really only two words that define us, and we already decided that love ruled, or if you haven't come to that conclusion, I wish you well until you arrive there because it's true. And then there's fear. And then in the fear category, obviously, anger is hanging out. And anger is usually what most people can identify with. Now, I'm not saying anger is a bad thing because it can fuel a lot of change and motivate you in different ways. So how do we deal with a moment when we're frustrated during the holidays or during the regular year without holidays that we have issues with our family? Isn't that the key? To learn how to unpack that? So the first thing is, is that you have to arrive at a state of calm. The question is, how do you go from zero to 100 and then bring it back really quick? You ever see somebody run a race and they're like, go back, and they're able to go back immediately? No, there's this deceleration that takes place and then eventually they stop and then it's like, I gotta go back? So there's no difference there than there is with the mind if it's an untrained mind. That's where coming back to meditation that's the long-term answer. So the problem a lot of people have with it is that it takes a long time or they don't get the quick result or they're doing it wrong or whatever variety of reasons doesn't allow them to begin and or persist. In reality though, meditation is something like breathing. And sadly, a lot of times people forget to breathe. And the meditation is a program that affords you 
the ability to when you do finally get to a place where it's a usable tool and you understand the variety of tools within that umbrella of meditation, in that state of anger, you can use, refer to, and immediately go to calm. And preferably, if you meditate regularly, you will live in a state of calm, which allows you to handle those things more easily anyway. And then often avoid them because you've got enough tools to unpack that person's situation or know when to walk away. So I'm going to segue a little bit back to the family where when we have family that are unkind to us, that judge us, that you just feel like absolute hell on the way there knowing what's going to happen and then on the way back having had it happen, there is the choice to avoid. If somebody were to punch you, would it be better to stand there and take the blow or to move just a little bit and let it pass? Would that not be avoiding the punch? So in the scenario of interaction of family, it is very much the same. It doesn't mean you love them less. Because I believe that if something were to happen to any family member that were a life or death situation and you could make a difference, it's very probable that you would do that to help them in that situation. Even if you were just furious and like they got you to the nth degree and you hadn't talked to them forever and all this sort of thing. Now, on occasion that may not be true, but I think on the whole it is. And so if that, because you would save yourself, wouldn't you? And they're that. Does anybody have anything they want to share or ask? Meditation helped me get rid of a lot of my anger. I got to find this sort of calm spot and now I'm just trying to keep it, I feel. You start to go off track and, you know, move from place to place and maybe you get a different job or lose a friend or a family member or something. And it's hard to keep that comedy. Mm-hmm. So at times I feel like I'm grasping for it. But meditation always brings me back. Because I really don't like being angry. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And that's that. Yeah, and a lot, I think, too, is um, in those moments, this just came to me when somebody's judging or a lot of times we go to our old stories in our mind and our old stories of, like, how we were raised or how just our story and our story is not necessarily, instead of dealing with the person that's in front of us and listening to them, we're in our head about our process or our story and I think meditation is a good tool to get us out of our head and into our heart and into a place of being present with anybody that's around us you know you talked about this that the old model being very hierarchical and very regimented um, you know seen not heard from and it has to be this way. I mean, I grew up with a mother who did all my projects and homework for me. I mean, most of it. Uh, it, it, it actually hurt me, you know? Like, to this day, it's, it's, it's not a benefit to my personal pillage of knowledge in that regard, so I had to attain it in a different fashion. And uh, I think we all have stories like that. You know, now, don't get me wrong, she didn't do that forever, but she did that when I was younger, and she had some of what her mother had, which was this perfectionism. And it has to look a certain way. And although they were amazing 
beings and did a lot for society and for culture and for their families, you know, there were holes in that basket of water you were trying to fill up to feed everybody, you know? So until those holes are plugged, it's an impossibility for you to feel whole. And I think that's where these meditation practices and tools start to occur so that you can really understand what's there. Because if you're constantly having to refill it with other stuff, you're going to grab stuff that doesn't belong in there because it's always leaking out and you're in a desperate state and you're in haste instead of relaxation. And that haste breeds hostility because if it's not done in a certain time or if somebody seemingly is causing you delays in filling that, then all of a sudden everybody is going to get attacked and you don't even realize you're doing it. So there is that too. This topic probably can be had 10 more times to cover just the first few layers. It's just that powerful. So family has to come from within at the point that you've grown and done self-work in order to realize that what you were given isn't necessarily in alignment with your soul. And once you understand that self-freedom, you have to evaluate the beliefs that you have. And those beliefs were given to you, mostly, if not completely. And so how my parents chose to raise me is not necessarily how I'm going to raise my son and my other son and daughter and the influence that I can afford them. My parents did not teach us to get along as siblings. They did not teach us to support each other. They did not talk to us what the individual problems were that were going on. And sadly, it didn't create the unified bond that we three feel we just can't arrive to or haven't yet. And that makes me sad on a deep level because they're my brothers. And so every chance I get, I say this to parents and I also say this to children. When I met Will and Lily, they were a little bit at each other's throats through their divorce. And I was a friend from the outside and I communicated to them individually that the most important relationship you have in this household right now is her and is him. And that you will be here long after your parents go. And so it's important for you to love, support and foster that so that you can always have a friend to count on. Family, right? And they became that. And so I think it's crucial for any parent to teach their children that. And more to it is any children that you seek to help them with that. Because when it comes to family, every woman on this planet, whether she bears a child or not, is still a mother. It's instinctually there. And every male on this planet is still a father, whether they have children or not. Now, when, as a father, I can speak to the reality that once you have a child, Obviously, as they say, everything changes. However, we all come from a woman and the earth and you are the same and you bring life. And so that's inherent and internal to your being. And so you feel it. It's not something that you have to learn. You are equipped from God, whoever God is to you, with that ability. Something a man was not, is not, and shall never be no matter how many times and ways they attempt to change that. So, that being said, 
Our family are the people that show up. We were in the park walking one day and there was this gentleman and he, uh, he stopped and he told me this story. And he grew up, I think, in another country in this. And he was saying how he was very successful and none of his siblings ever really wanted to have anything to do with him until that happened. And so then they started to call and email and want to have his support. And in reality, he had two other people in his life that were always there for him. And so when we left, he said to me, he goes, you know, brother, he goes, the family that we have are the ones that show up over and over and over and over, not the ones that abandon you, right? The bloodline is still your family. You have to decide how to handle it. But I'll tell you this, if in the context of handling, handling your bloodline, you're struggling, to avoid is not to abandon. To avoid is something of a retreat internally that you can find what's not whole, that's being felt by them, which is why you can feel your siblings from across the country and world because that connection is still very much belonging to you. So let's meditate now. <coughs> Everybody close your eyes. And I wanna take us to a beautiful space, <clears throat> a space that's inside of you, a space that perhaps you've been too many times or perhaps it's time to visit. I want you to pick a place in nature that naturally comes to you, that has no distractions to it, and is far from any city or car or plane or boat or train. Somewhere beautiful where you feel comfortable, where the weather and temperature is exactly as you like, where the visual appeal is everything you would like to see every single day, and especially because the state of calm is how it makes you feel. Sit, stand, or lay down there and absorb everything that is around you. Let it wrap you in energy like a cocoon, yet you feel completely free and open. You don't feel vulnerable because this is your home, yet you are, and therefore you can just be. This is the dream state. This is the place where you can let everything fall from you. It doesn't belong. Absorbed into the earth. Freeing you from those rocks that you might have been carrying along. The sky is open and wide with plenty to see in the clouds 
and the blue. And the sun is just enough to calmly warm you. You feel at peace now. Should you choose to go to this place every day, enter and stay, allowing it to absorb into your cellular being. This could be one example of how a tool through meditation can be used to bring you back to a state of calm at any moment when chaos might be going on. So settle here, open your ears, and eyes open or closed within your dream. Let yourself inhale that fresh air. Let each breath fuel and relax everything that you are. I want you to allow from inside your heart who you are as your own family to start to part in each direction, creating a circle around you, holding hands and saying a prayer, a blessing good thoughts that would allow you to find peace with all of the adopted family and bloodline family that throughout your life have been a part of you. This prayer is so powerful. The thought now shared will be as well. Because forevermore, in a situation with other people, where if you feel attacked or scared or vulnerable or not loved, you can remember that this group inside of you that comes out and circles you so And those good thoughts are like an endless hug of love that is your cushion to personal safety and knowing that you are loved. Feel that love now around you.
you've taken the time and been consistent in generating this particular feeling from inside, for you, by you, with you, you will create a frequency and a message that's not spoken aloud. That all of those members in your life will feel. And as the dynamics shift, however fast or slow, you're standing confidence in a state of love. will be a small reflection inside of them that will also help them know. The gratitude that occurs when an individual is able to do this is huge, just as is the topic of family. Family is as strong as its weakest link. And if we look at weakness as the inability to love oneself, we can fortify the connection. That through that connection will be sent to everyone else. This is love without love in the way that we wish it to be. This is love in the depth of our internal well that is the truest and cannot be seen. It can, however, be felt. The next time you're in a situation where you're frustrated as you're bringing your fire wood back to the camp. Instead of putting it at the feet of the other person or hitting them with it altogether, simply smile inside and send your heart energy their way and see on their face, the face of somebody that you hold in high regard that not in a million years would you ever think, much less dare to put the firewood near. And then see yourself putting that firewood on the fire because what you will have done is you will have created that much more warmth, connection, light, possibility, and freedom for them to see inside their own internal well of love. May the whole world find that space, one person at a time. And may their hearts rule and be free their minds. Let all judgment drop, just as all chains that bind us from being ourselves. Remember to meditate, and if nothing else, Remember this place.
Aho. Hauptschaus. Vai livre. E sente seu coração. Por gentileza. O mundo necessitamos. Thank you for sharing your space. Take a deep breath. Thank you, that was beautiful. <laughs> what were you saying? What language? Portuguese. <laughs> So let's go around and share. What did you get out of it? Hmm. Uh, just that um, it really starts with yourself. You have to love yourself and take care of yourself. And, and that helps you, you know, uh, relate to others. I was reminded of a lot, um, including acceptance is always step one. I mean, you can't heal anything unless you accept it, no matter how ugly it is. So, through acceptance leads to healing. And, um, I don't know, I think it's okay to rip off band-aids. Mm. <laughs> um, I guess to just... Be mindful as you go through life, particularly when you're dealing with a situation that might be stressful, and try to see what you can learn from others through their re reaction or relation to you. Um, I release some guilt for being happy and having a good family, because the outer bands of my family aren't happy. And always are like shop, sh you know, shooting shots at us because we're happy, and they're not in our life very much. And my own sisters, one I don't speak to, one I speak to when I have to. The guilt of really not loving them. I love them, but more like a friend because they've never been there for me, and have waited for me to fail constantly because I was kind of the chosen one, and just releasing that guilt, which is what my husband needs to do. <laughs> but um, I feel really good. I'm gonna kinda go with the acceptance um, theory because I'm starting to accept myself even though I, I kinda get the impression that there are people in my family who don't and never will and never did understand um, who I was, um, the free spirit, and I'll, I'll be that person forever. So um, I'm okay with it. I'll accept it. <laughs> um, 
with me, as you both know, it's been my daughter. And uh, she's got this victim mentality and she doesn't want anything to do with me. The only way I get to watch my granddaughter grow up is through photos on Facebook that her mother-in-law posts and makes public. Um, I've seen some of my daughter's posts and she's always talking about, oh, poor me, I suffer from depression because I've been so abused as a child. And I'm like, this bitch. She was not abused. Why is she telling all these people this? And every time I came across a post where on Mother's Day she posted this year, um, uh, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to not be like my mother to my daughter because, and all these people commenting, oh, you poor you and your, your traumatic childhood, and it infuriated me. But in the past week, I've gotten to the point where I don't allow it any of it to anger me anymore. I always wanted to know why she sits there and insists on telling all these people in her life that she was abused as a child when, when that's, that's not true. And I wanted to know why, but now all of a sudden, it doesn't matter why. I don't care anymore why. She's going through something, it's her path, she's gotta have her own reasons. And I'm just sending her love. And the anger, it just, it's it just gone. It doesn't, you know, I came across her post from a different account that she's still friends with online. And I read it, and it didn't trigger me. And I'm like, wow. It used to bother me. Yeah, and that's can, can I offer you something? When you go to the why, like why, now it seems like you're getting past that, but I know my mind goes to the why. Instead of going to the why, go to what is this feeling coming up for me? Because you're not going to figure, obviously, figure out the why, but you can figure out the what. And then when you sit with that anger, with that feeling, and if you keep doing that and you sit with it long enough, it starts to dissipate. And That's you really do get a release from it. So um, it's really powerful instead of the why, because the why is our intellect, trying to figure it out and make reason of it and make mm-hmm. sense. And we can't do that for somebody else. We, so if we can just go with the what, what am I feeling? what is coming up for me and sit with that and feel it until it, the energy behind it releases. Then you, yeah. And what it brought up for me was hurt and hurt. And I, I let it sit there and I didn't try to cover it up or deny it. I just let it be and I embraced the hurt and then all of a sudden it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's, it's amazing because it, not, it just doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And one day I'm just hoping she'll realize, you know, she does have a mom that loves her. And, mm-hmm. and I really would like my four-year-old granddaughter to know she's got another grandma. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my biggest thing is, mm-hmm. is getting to know my grandchild. Mm-hmm. With time, I hope that happens for you, Pasha. Thank you. So for me, um, we didn't really talk about this a little bit, but what comes up with me with family is judgment. 
So I was always like the perfect kid, you know, straight A student, you know, did well in school. And as I got a divorce and all these things have happened in my life and I um, step outside the box, you know, my parents are always so proud and they're, you know, tell me, oh, you're this doctor and all these people come to us and tell us, oh, is that your daughter? She treats our kids. She's wonderful. And they're judging me in a beautiful space, but being okay with not being that and doing something different or stepping outside and not letting what they think of me, either positive or negative, affect my being. So for me, family is a lot of um, sometimes judgment and um, judging. And so that sort of was something that I sat with a little bit today. That's beautiful. So one thing I got out of it was that it's okay to talk about the realities of your family if it's going to help you heal. And I don't think anybody's here to speak negatively. However, to not speak the truth is what that old model is about putting everything under the carpet. And then nothing gets resolved. And then everyone feels lost. And the connection is lost with it. So... To my family, I love you, and I love all the family that I have brought into my life, as I'm sure everybody else here does too. May the world find their family and share it. (laughs) Thank you all for being here today. Thank you. Hello world, AKA family. Thank you for listening. Perhaps there's something you will have related to and has helped you during this podcast. We certainly hope so. Please share this podcast with others and feel free to reach out to us with any suggested topics you would like to have covered or explored that may help you or others on their journey. You may reach out to us at thehealingteam@matthewandsira.com. We will see you next time. Blessings to you.